1: Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic Roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject of The themes of the Sabbath. This is part two of the series. Now let's look at the titles for the Seventh-day Sabbath, which is called the Day of the Lord or the Messianic Era. And we're going to make a reference to the darkness part of that time. It is called the Day of His Wrath. It is called the Day of Darkness and Gloominess. It is called the Day of Destruction and Desolation. It's called a Day of Clouds and Thick Darkness. It is called a Day of Trumpet and Alarm. It is called a Day of Trouble. It is called Jacob's Trouble. And it's called the Day of the Lord's Vengeance. So let's look at some scriptures where this description of the day of the Lord, that is the darkness part of the day of the Lord, the tribulation is described which this darkness and the tribulation begins the messianic era. In Isaiah chapter 13 verse 6 it says how ye for the day of the Lord is at hand and it comes this destruction from the Almighty. Isaiah 13 verse 8, this destruction is described as a woman giving birth and being in pain and they shall be afraid. Pains and sorrows shall take hold of them, they shall be in pain as a woman that travails. Zephaniah chapter 1 verses 14 and 15. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens greatly, even the voice of the day of the Lord. The mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. The day of the Lord is also called Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 6 and 7. Ask ye now and see whether a man does travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for that day is great. What day? The day of the Lord. That day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he will be saved or delivered out of it or through it. During the Day of the Lord, we're told that all nations will be gathered against Jerusalem. Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, and your spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. What happens in the day of the Lord? Verse 2 I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, the houses riddled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as he fought in the day of battle. We are living in the day when all nations are coming against Jerusalem and it's being done through the United Nations. And the plan of the world regarding the peace process between Israel and the PLO is to make Jerusalem an international city and to make East Jerusalem a part of a PLO state. And that is all nations being gathered against Jerusalem. We're seeing that now. And what happens and causes the Lord to fight against those nations is what he fought in the day of battle, is that the people of the God of Israel during this crisis time, they end up seeking the face of the God of Israel, they fast, they pray, they repent, and that causes the God of Israel to defeat the enemies of His people. The day of the Lord is also called the Controversy of Zion, Isaiah chapter 34 verse 2 and verse 8, for the indignation of the Lord is upon the nations and his fury upon all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has delivered them to the slaughter. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance and year of recompenses for the controversy of Zion so Yahweh's fighting against the nations because they're coming against Jerusalem and he's fighting for his people Zion but his people are a controversy now let's look at some idioms for the day of the Lord or the seventh day Sabbath that is associated with the Messianic era two idioms are in that day and at that time what day what time the Messianic era the day of the Lord in that day appears many times in the book of Isaiah. Let's look at a few instances. Isaiah chapter 2 in verses 2 and 3. It will come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob he will teach us his ways we will walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. In that time, that is the Messianic era, and Isaiah chapter 2, verse 17, and now we're going to speak in verse 17 about the Messianic era. It says, In the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. What's the loftiness of man and the haughtiness of men? It is the nations of the world and the kings of the earth that Seek to organize and to run a world without the say-so, and submission to the God of Israel and His commandments and His ways. They want a world where He has been thrown out of the affairs of the world. That is pride against the Almighty, and that will be brought low because the Lord alone will be exalted in this day. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent. If you look at this fruit of the earth, The fruit of the earth is a reference to Ephraim in one context. But the fruit of the earth is Zion. And if you go to Ezekiel chapter 36, the mountains of Israel is going to spring forth and bud and blossom and bring forth its fruit. So when it talks about the fruit of the earth shall be excellent, that is Zion being restored and redeemed and coming back to the land of Israel. Isaiah chapter 27 verse 13, it will come to pass in that day that a great trumpet shall be blown and they shall come which were ready to perish. Why were they ready to perish? Is because they're living outside the land of Israel when judgment and destruction comes upon the earth and there's calamity going on all around them and in the natural many people around them are dying and they're ready to perish too in the land of Assyria and the outcasts in the land of Egypt and will worship the Lord in the Holy Mount at Jerusalem. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 17 says, and at that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord and all nations shall be gathered unto it. Daniel chapter 12 verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which stands for the children of your people, and at that time, there will be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. What time? The time of trouble. The Messianic era. The darkness part of the Messianic era. What else has got to happen then? Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 20. At that time will I bring you again, even in the time that I gather you. For I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, says the Lord. So it's going to be during this time of trouble that he's going to gather his people back to the land of Israel and make them a praise in the earth. We can also see the phrase in those days and at that time in Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 15. It says in those days and at that time will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David and he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. That's Messiah ruling and reigning from Jerusalem teaching the Torah to all nations. In Jeremiah chapter chapter 50, verse 4, is a verse within Jeremiah 50 and 51 that speaks about the fall of Babylon in the end of days, which I believe refers to the United States of America in the context of general Babylon falling, which either's a Babylon political system, religious system, financial system. So in Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 4, it says, in those days and in that time, that's the Messianic era, says the Lord, the children of Israel will come, they and the children of of Judah together going and weeping. Why are they weeping? They're repenting and they're asking the way to Zion. That is back to the land of Israel. Joel chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 2, I believe, is where we're at now. It says, For behold, in those days and in that time, which means it's a Messianic era event, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah in Jerusalem. Well, he's got to bring again their captivity. They have to have gone into captivity. In Joel chapter 3, verse 2, it says, I will gather all nations and and then, when I gather all the nations, I will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they scattered among the nations and divided or parted my land. This is telling me that the land of Israel is going to be divided or parted, which is what the present plan is, is to take the people of the God of Israel out of Gaza and to make Judea and Samaria a part of a PLO state. There's gotta be the dividing of the land. That dividing of the land has gotta bring judgment. Upon the nations, and it's got to bring about a world war. When this world war is happening, it's going to be after the war has started that the God of Israel is going to bring his people back to the land of Israel. The Sabbath is a remembrance of creation. In Exodus chapter 20, verses 9 and verse 11, it says, Six days shall you labor and do all your work. Why? Because in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and He rested the seventh day, and because of what He did in creation, wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and He hallowed it. The Sabbath is a remembrance of the Egyptian redemption. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15. And remember that you were a servant in the land of Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out there through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. And remembering that you're a servant in the land of Egypt and how he brought you out, therefore, because he brought you out, therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. This is a prophecy. He's got to take us from all the nations where he's been scattered because he wants us to keep the Sabbath day. That is the Messianic era. He wants us to come to Zion. And what happens in Zion? Land, the Torah goes forth from Jerusalem so therefore the Sabbath which now we're looking at the prophetic Sabbath that is the rest of the Messianic era is a remembrance of the restoration from all the lands where the people of the God of Israel has been scattered and the restoration is returned back to Torah back to the God of Israel who made covenant with the house of Jacob who is Yeshua the Messiah and a return back to the land that is restoration Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7 and verse 10. Alas, for that day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he will be saved or delivered out of it. Jeremiah 30 verse 10. Therefore fear thou not, O my servant Jacob. Why is Yahweh telling Jacob not to fear? Because the things that's going on around him will cause him to want to fear. So he says, don't fear, Jacob, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save you from afar, and your seed from the land of their captivity and Jacob will return look what happens when he returns and he shall be in rest and he will be quiet and none will make him afraid what is this rest and quiet and none making him afraid that's the Sabbath what's the rest and quiet and none making him afraid that's Messiah ruling and reigning during the Messianic era Amen. the Sabbath is sanctified or holy in Genesis chapter 2 verses 2 and 3 it is written and on the seventh day God ended his word which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it. The Sabbath is sanctified because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. The word sanctified is the Strong's number 6942. It is the Hebrew word Kadash. What does Kadash mean? It means to consecrate, to sanctify, to dedicate, to hallow, to make it holy. Holy to make it separate the sabbath is linked to marriage how is sabbath linked to marriage because the sabbath is sanctified we just looked at it it is kadash the hebrew word for holy is kodesh it's the Strong's number 6944. And the Hebrew word for betrothal is Kadushin. Looking at the word for sanctified, kadash and holy, Kodesh, and betrothal, Kadushin, they all share the same three Hebrew root letters, which is the Kaf, the Dalet, and the Shin. In Hebrew, which is a spiritual language, those words that share the same root letters are all connected in association and meaning to each other. So, in this, we can see how the Sabbath is connected to holiness, and how the Sabbath is connected to marriage and being a bride, and how this is. In looking at the biblical marriage, there are two stages to the biblical marriage. The first is betrothal, called kedushin, where you are legally married, but you do not physically dwell with. And the second stage is called Nesuin, where you will physically dwell with your mate. In the Talmud, in Shabbat 119a, the rabbis associate the Sabbath to a bride or a queen. Rabbi Hanina robed himself and stood at sunset of sabbath eve and exclaimed come and let us go forth to welcome the queen sabbath Rabbi Yanai donned his robes on Sabbath Eve and exclaimed, Come, O bride, come, O bride. So the Sabbath is likened unto marriage. Sabbath is likened unto a bride or a queen. There was a wedding that took place between Yeshua in the house of Jacob at Mount Sinai. This marriage is described in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 2. It says, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says Yahweh, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your espousal or betrothal, it's the Hebrew word kalulah, when you went after me in the wilderness, you went after me in a land that was not sown. So once again, there's two stages to the biblical marriage. The first is betrothal, which happened at Mount Sinai, Kedushan. The second is Nessuan, where you're physically dwell with, and this is when Messiah is going to be with his people. First, when he rules and reigns from Jerusalem after he sets his feet down the Mount of Olives. And then the eternal Sabbath which is the time of the new Jerusalem and the new heavens and the new earth. So if there was a wedding there has to be a wedding proposal. Where do we see the wedding proposal? Exodus chapter 19 verse 3 and verse 5 Moses went up unto God and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain saying thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. Now therefore if Yes. This is the the marriage proposal he made. If you will obey my voice indeed, and if you keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So with this proposal, the house of Jacob says, I accept that proposal. Exodus chapter 19, verse 8. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. We accept the proposal. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord in the biblical marriage and in this marriage that took place between Yeshua in the house of Jacob at Mount Sinai the Torah is seen as the ketubah or the marriage contract that stipulated the terms and the conditions of the marriage and looking at the terms and the conditions of the marriage The God of Israel wanted to place a wedding ring on the finger of his bride to show how much he loved her. What is this wedding ring that he placed upon her to show his love for her? It is the Sabbath. In Exodus chapter 31 verses 12 and 13 it is written, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths, which you shall keep, for they are a sign. So this could be seen as, a ring. They are a sign or they are a wedding ring a token between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. Well, in Genesis in chapter 2, we're told that the Sabbath was sanctified, so if he gave them a sign that sanctifies them, this token or this thing that he gave was the Sabbath. So therefore, if you're not keeping the Sabbath, you're saying you're married, but you don't got no evidence of your marriage you are walking around without a wedding ring in order to show that you are married to the God of Israel you have your wedding ring on you are celebrating not only the weekly Sabbath but the Sabbath part of celebrating the annual festivals some of those days and times are called Sabbath so it's the celebrating of the Sabbath and the festivals that show that you're married Moses escorts the bride to Mount Sinai which is seen as being a hoopah, a wedding canopy Exodus chapter 19, verse 17. And Moses brought forth or he escorted the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the nether part or the understanding is they stood underneath the mountain. So the imagery is that the people are standing at the base of the mountain or they're standing underneath the hoop In Exodus chapter 19, verse 17, we can see how Mount Sinai is likened to a hoopah, a wedding canopy of which his bride is going to stand under. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the nether part of the mount. The word nether is the strongest number, 84, 82. It's the Hebrew word Taki, which means the lower part. So they stood at the base of the mountain. So before the God of Israel could marry his bride, she had to be sanctified. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 10, it says, the Lord said to Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. They were to be sanctified. So how are you sanctified? Well, when you keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath is sanctified. So if you keep the Sabbath, you are participating in the sanctification of the God of Israel. But in John chapter 17, verse 17, Yeshua prayed, Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. So what is the truth through which we are sanctified? In Psalm 119, verse 142, Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your Torah is the truth. Malachi chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 6. And now O ye priests this commandment is for you the Torah of truth was in his mouth so we're sanctified by keeping the commandments of the God of Israel because what if we don't keep the commandment we're being a whore we're committing adultery so you're not sanctified when you are a whore and you're committing adultery you're sanctified when you're faithful which is keeping his commandments. we are redeemed for the purpose of keeping the Sabbath of the God of Israel in Ezekiel chapter 20 verses 3- through. 5, it is written, Son of man, Speak unto the elders of Israel, and say unto them, Thus says the Lord God, Are you come to inquire of me? As I live, says the Lord God, I will not be inquired of you. Will you judge them, son of man? Will you judge them? Cause them to know the abomination of their fathers, and say unto them, Thus says the Lord God, In the day when I chose Israel, and lifted up my hand under the seed of the house of Jacob, and made myself known unto them in the land of Egypt, when I lifted up my hand unto them, saying, I am the Lord your God. And I gave them my statute, and showed them my judgments, which, if a man does, he shall even live in them. Moreover, also I gave them my Sabbath. To be a sign, a token, between me and them that they may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify them. I gave them my Sabbath so that they will know that I am the God that sanctifies them. Why? By being faithful to the commandments, the statutes, and keeping the Sabbath. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statutes, and they despised my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. And my Sabbath they greatly polluted. In other words, they didn't obey him. Polluting the Sabbath results in not getting into the promised land. Ezekiel chapter 20 verses 14 through 16. But I was wrought for my name's sake that it should not be polluted before the heathen in whose sight I brought them out. Yet also I lifted up my hand unto them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land which I had given them flowing with milk and honey which is the glory of all lands. Because I would not bring them and why? Why would I not bring them in? Because they despised my judgments, and walked not in my statutes, but they polluted my sabbath, for their heart went after their own idols. But I said unto their children in the wilderness, Walk ye not in the statutes of your fathers, neither observe their judgments, nor defile yourselves with their idols. Well, that's going to conclude part two of the series on the subject, The Themes of the Sabbath shalom in yeshua the messiah amen